While this podcast contains little to no explicit material, it is sprinkled with some uncensored swears. Listener discretion is advised. everybody yeah yeah it sucks that we still have to do these yeah and there's gonna be more imagine but here we are this is number five yes unfortunately there will be more welcome to uh covid cast five delta force mm-hmm. because at the time of this recording uh the delta variant is out and rampant and uh, not just Delta, but we are also coming up with the Delta Lambda Plus. Yeah, well, Delta Plus and a Lambda variant. There's a Lambda variant? Yes, there is. And it's supposed to be pretty bad. <sighs> so Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're gearing up for round two of more... When did the round ever soars? It stopped, but then it... Was, yeah. It was an elusive stop. It was a fake stop. Mm-hmm. It really was. And the fact that, you know, the idea of lifting mask guidelines was a bad move. You, and particularly for Americans, because we just got to have our summertime fun, folks. Can't <laughs> do that without a mask. I want to go and barbecue out in the yard with my friends while we set off fireworks and piss off all the veterans with PTSD. Scare all the dogs half to hell. Yeehaw! All the, uh, all, all the travel companies have to get their businesses going. I mean, and children, you know, let's, let's just screw them. Screw the children. Um, you know... This has been a long period for us, and I want to know, by the way, one reason that we're doing this is because I got sick. We needed a quick little plug cast, um, because I got sick. Mm. I got sick with something else, and I'll talk about it when I get to my portion of the cast. I'm just going to save that for then so I can rant then. But, um, I mean, here's just, here's, here's the thing. Um, on Thursday of last week, my daughter's daycare was closed because someone, uh, there was an exposure. Uh, my family went and rapidly got tested. Uh, those of us that were um, vaccinated were negative. Uh, my niece, who is three, three years old, tested positive. Now, she does not have it in the sense that we're expecting. She's perfectly fine. She's asymptomatic, and she'll be fine. We just got to go through the period of isolation. But, you know, God damn it. I'm going to be a little bit pissed off this cast. Just letting y'all know. Yeah, and it... It's at this point in our COVID cast that uh, we're all vaccinated. Mm-hmm. We are all fully vaccinated adults. Although, uh, at some point in the six-month 
I could be wrong. Uh, the six month period, we'll we'll have to get boosters. Fine, shoot, give me a shot every month. If that's what it takes. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm waiting for the email. At which point, I will jump on it. Yeah, my, my job's been really pushing it. Um, I uh, let's just let's just get this as abundantly clear as we can. If you are not immunocompromised, if you are if you're you do not have a medical reason and you are an adult and you don't and you, you do not get the vaccine. You are an asshole, and that's the least I could say about you. Oh, lordy! Get the vaccine now. Mm-hmm. This is not this is not a political issue. The fact that it became a political issue is the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. And I don't curse very much on this cast, so you know, no, by by choice, <laughs> by choice. But when I pull it out, I want it to have impact. Stupidest. Yeah. When Austin curses, you know the shit's for reals. The shit mm-hmm. just got real. Mm-hmm. And I've been dealing with the brunt of it because... Yes, let us never forget. You had it. And yeah. talk about long COVID, Zephyr. Let's, let's yes. let people know what the reality of it is, please. Long Having long COVID fucking blows. Because, okay, Nathan and I, we both contracted COVID at the exact same time. Although... My onset was a few days later than his. He's practically fully recovered. And this was back in January of 2021. January. Here's the thing. My sense of smell is entirely fucked. Um, I can barely smell. And what I can smell is awful. Thanks to the great scientific method of fuck around and find out, I have come to the conclusion that I can no longer stand the sense of freshly cooked meat because it gives off this stench of rotting flesh. Now, now this symptom is by no means abnormal. It's been documented in several other studies of long COVID sufferers that having your sense of smell be completely whack is a thing. This has meant that I've needed to change my diet. I can't microwave meat anymore because it'll just linger in the apartment and it'll hurt like hell. Another thing, too, is any kind of symptoms that you have if you're autism or ADHD or both, like I am, all of that is going to be exacerbated severely. I barely have any focus like I used to have. I'm finding that I'm bumping into shit a lot more often. I've had many, many interactions with the doorframe in my body. Um, Memory is not as strong as it used to be. It, It feels like there's something not there inside my head. And I'll, I'll spend time just trying to think back to, you know, shit that I may have not thought of for ages. And it's taking longer and longer to recall. Um, also, and this is a brand new development here, people, since I'm still very much crippled thanks to the, the leg injury back in February, um, it's getting harder to piss. All right, because the body, at least in my body, has decided to change the uh, signals in my brain and how it reacts to urge. And so 
like drinks right now just literally go through me. Like if I have like say it's one o'clock and I take a small sip of lemonade, next thing I know it's like twenty minutes later and it's gone. It's fucking gone. Followed by having it happen ten minutes later. And then ten minutes after that. And then ten minutes after that. Okay? So I'm already at the point where I'm frankly scared that I'm going to fucking piss myself in public just because I can't hobble over to a restroom quickly enough. Okay? And this is just me. This is just me out of God knows how many are dealing with the effects. Yeah. Everybody experiences it a little differently, uh, from my understand. But at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if there are more stories like this, only you know, with different symptoms. Just horrible. And and here here's the thing that we need to really reckon with it. It's the fact that COVID has gotten bad for some people that they are no longer able to work. They are now disabled because of covid and we're gonna see a brand new class of disabled people come up within the next two or three years on top of what we've already gone through in 2020 and i'm one of them and you want to know what's going to happen absolutely nothing for fuck's sake the eviction moratorium was renewed at the last minute and even then it wasn't the full version like it used to be and so you know like it'd be fucking nice if we got more stimulus checks but no we just had to go out and fucking party because we are a selfish goddamn nation and i'm guilty of that i'm gonna throw my i'm gonna throw myself on the sword on this i am guilty of this stuff i own it i own it and i don't like that and i've i've spent a lot of the last three weeks reckoning with that um yeah and you know now admittedly my idea of partying is i'm going to always because i want to get a graphic off right yeah yeah i mean yeah. or i wanted to go to the movie theater but you know obviously i'm making some changes um so how do we even transition to talking about art now? <laughs> maybe it's a good thing that we're in a position where we're riled up and we have to get all this out but we do have art to talk about. Get your asses the vaccine, people. It's it free. Shots in the arm. Yeah, it's free. And you really don't want to end up in the ICU. And you really don't want to give your kids this shit. And you really don't want to give your loved ones this shit. Like, if you give if you give a damn, get vaccinated. Mask up. You don't, know, you don't want none of this shit, do we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, Lord. But anyway, yes. Just... Get fucking vaccinated. There's no excuse anymore. That's it. Mic drop. Art. So, um, it's been sufficiently enough time. Uh, let, let's get this one out of the way. Loki, mm-hmm. season one. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably my favorite thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in the last four years. That's that's going to kind of be my one line review. It's as good. I w- I do want to get this out of the way while it's in my head. Austin, um, like when you when you messaged me about, do you know who the bad guy is? I was like, I have no idea. And you said, well, okay, spoilers for Loki. Spoilers for Loki. It's been all over. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's been about a month, but still, 
spoilers for Loki. The big bad is um shit, what's his name? Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror. Uh I just have to note that uh I had to look up who that was, and I had the exact same moment when Thanos appears at the end of uh the first Avengers. And I have a memory of you turning to me. We both have 3D glasses on and you excitedly tell me, do you know who that is? Yep. I'm just like, uh, no. <laughs> and I did. And yeah. Yeah. But now we all know who Thanos is. <laughs> yeah. So this, this will be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I will say he, he gave a wonderful oh, fantastic. performance. Fantastic. Yeah. I will say I am excited to see what Kang is going to do. I do have my issues with the series. They've been well documented. We we already know what they are. And we respect it. We respect yeah. it. It's time to stop applauding for breadcrumbs. That, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and yeah. I agree. I agree. If you gotta do the dang thing, do the dang thing. This is why I'm gonna keep pushing for Young Avengers to happen because I want uh, Wicked and Hulk. I want those two in the Marvel Universe. Uh, two major gay characters who are fantastically written in the comics, and I want to see those dudes on screen because they eventually got married in the comics, and not in a tragic wedding that ended badly, in a wedding that ended with the entire universe there to support them. That's what I want. Also, I just love those characters. They're great. When y'all get to Young Avengers, and it happens on screen, and I have to believe it will, you'll understand. They're great characters. I'm excited that there's going to be a season two of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll say this. Tom Tom Hiddleston had kind of started to seem bored with Loki uh, mm-hmm. by the time of Ragnarok, and I love seeing that how much he was clearly just reinvigorated. Mm-hmm. I also love that the show that we thought was going to be like the little toss-off side story to the Marvel Universe turned out to be the literal epic linchpin to everything. <laughs> the setup. It all spirals from here. Yeah, I saw an article that said that uh, they had to, like, after Loki, like, Kev- Kevin Feige and co. had to have a meeting about the rules of the multiverse. Like we've opened up this Pandora's box, now let's set some groundwork. Since we're on Marvel, uh, why don't we just go on ahead and get to Black Widow too? Oh yeah, Zephyr, did you see it? Nope. All right, I'm, I, I'm not dropping thirty dollars for premium access, and it's it's not worth thirty dollars, right? Understand? No, actually, I'm gonna that. It's about what I paid for it anyway. Yeah, it's not worth it's, it in that sense. I because I bought yeah. two. It's tickets. it's worth the, yeah, it's worth the theater tickets, but it's not worth like. Every time I look on Disney and like look at the premiere access for something I want to see, like this weekend when I looked at uh, the fact Jungle Cruise was out, I thought about for like a split second before going, no, <laughs> no. I paid $30 last year for Bill and Ted Fix the Music, and that's mm-hmm. what it took for me to pay for that. And yeah. that was because it was, holy shit, it was Bill and Ted 3. Come on. Yeah. That. And also that was for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I uh I also did like a permanent digital buy on that. But uh, here's how I feel about Black Widow. It was fine, but the longer that I go away from it, the less I think. It, yeah. It left no mark on me. It's it is definitely 5 years too late. It is definitely not a movie that anybody felt like they were all that invested in, frankly. Mhm. It was okay. It was a time killer. 
but I, I probably won't revisit it. I liked it. It was decent. Um, it should have come out four years ago in the place in the Marvel timeline that it takes place. But yeah, it's okay. Yeah, yeah it's it worth a watch. So Zephyr, you've got a long list of stuff. I want to hear what you got. Uh, well, do you want to start off with the good or the bad? Let's do the bad, and we can move to the good. Just... Okay. Um, y'all, I I bit the bullet and watched uh, Sia's music. Oh, Sia, I see. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. That yeah. bitch. Yeah, that bitch. Mm. And yeah. It's as bad as everyone has said, and then some. It, it's like if Bob Fosse were asked to direct a musical adaptation of Simple Jack, okay? And even then, that's not even worth watching. You know, I'm glad you bring up Simple Jack, because God, I swear that joke gets funny. Right? What is Simple Jack? Tropic, Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. I ain't got a good brain. I think you've got a fine brain, Jack. I... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. That's right. I I, I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's that's a good joke. This is. Yeah. 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 This was every bit as offensive and traumatizing as every critic has said, and then some. Uh, the restraint scenes that Sia promised to remove uh, did not actually happen. The strobing is there in all in well not all but most of the uh, the musical numbers like the fact that it starts off with Maddie Ziegler in not just like cripping up for autism but also blackface like darker skin and very stylized cornrows like doing the absolute worst caricature of an autistic person while stumbling through a strobing environment like we're talking like this is within the first two minutes of the film and y'all like people have asked me if this was worse than a serbian film okay and i say yes yeah it's it's definitely worse than a Serbian film or Solo or anything Lars von Trier did, etc. It's actually et aimed at somebody. Yeah, it was released for mainstream consumption. And by doing that, by trying to appeal to a broad demographic as opposed to like art house sensibilities like all of those other films that people will only, like, hear of and then never see, it's definitely worse. It's really bad. Like, I didn't spend any of my own money to watch it. Let, let me be Good. clear. Good. Let me be clear, because that, no. So, going from music to another musical-related bomb, uh, Yesterday. I have not seen this, and it's mostly because I just, I really want to know what the hell Danny Boyle and Richard Curtis were thinking ah this is that movie um where nobody remembers beale's music except this one guy but that's the thing it's not just that one guy as we find out later in the film because spoilers even though i don't fucking care about the film um yeah he's not the only one in this timeline yeah it's at the end of the first trailer that's right yeah it it's all 
like the film sets up its own weird rules about how this universe works. Like Coldplay exists, Rolling Stones exist, cigarettes do not exist. Cigarettes? Yes, cigarettes do not exist. Why? That that's just it. There's no real explanation as to why they don't exist because it's not like the Beatles were inventors of the cigarette or uh, created this, trends with it. It this sounds like some last action hero shit. <laughs> and then it's also revealed at the end that Harry Potter doesn't exist. Oh, goody. So, you know, take take that as you may. Does that mean J.K. Rowling doesn't exist? <laughs> it, I mean, uh, we hmm. might be better off. Uh at best case scenario, just nobody knows who she is. She yeah. go do her turkey shit in private. Mm -hmm. Like once you get into the premise where and the our hero starts recreating all of the Beatles songs, like we're talking the entire their entire discography. My question is, how do you sell Revolution Nine to a twenty nineteen audience? <laughs> the entire premise doesn't make sense. I mean there's just no. There's there's nothing. It's just such a baffling idea for a movie. And again, I just the fact that those two guys who have made some great films and Boyle has made some great films this decade. I, I just I don't get it. I don't get it. And I will happily continue not to watch it. Everybody's got some stinkers in them. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. the only thing it got right was by the Beatles not existing, Oasis did not exist. There you go. There you go. That's okay, it. Okay, that's that's see, that's a Richard Curtis joke there. Yeah, but that's the only thing they got right. It again, me arguing about what they got right in this alternate universe. Let's see. Speaking of universes, Space Jam Two, a new travesty. Ah, yes. I mean to watch that before it goes off HBO Max on uh, the 15th, just because I have to I have to watch the train wreck. It is a train wreck. I, I will say this. Don, Don Cheadle is the best part of the movie. Uh-huh. That's what I hear. And that's the only positive thing I have to say about it. Oh, I've, I've heard a whole bunch of wild shit about it, including the fact that they have... Uh, LeBron James's kids in there that aren't really his kids, which also I believe the first movie had yeah, Michael Jackson, they but the they all there. they also weren't his kids. Yeah, Michael Michael Jordan. Jordan, excuse yeah. me. Hello. Very different movie. <laughs> can, that way. can can you imagine though? <laughs> yeah, no. No, 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 no. Oh. That that's another positive thing about this movie. It does not feature R. Kelly. Ah, good. Yeah, that, that is but that also means the soundtrack is very forgettable. There's no come on and slam. There's no I believe I can fly. There's none of the hits yeah. that you would associate with Seal's kick ass cover of uh Fly Like an Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. None that, of that, that is works. in here. I rocked that soundtrack when I was a little and and I'll be clear, I'll be clear. Even though I am a '90s kid, I did not grow up with Space Jam. It was not my thing. I we have covered it on this cast, and uh, yeah, we're, oh yeah, we're with you. Yeah, 
it is not my thing. I I'm firmly in the camp of why does this exist? And much like this one, uh, yeah, there's other issues with the film as well, such as the recently revealed news that uh, a bunch of animators did not get credited. Yeah, that's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's enough for me not to pay money to see it, honestly. Yeah, like a whole <laughs> bunch of animators were not credited in, until weeks after the premiere. And that was done via Twitter. Yeah. Right. After they were called out. They could they could pause, get the credit on the film right now, and it would take no effort. Nope. And yet. Mm-hmm. And this digital age we live in. Yes. Mm. Very digital. I'm just saying, if cats can release unfinished and they can send an update copy two weeks after, they could totally do this. Save them some lawsuits. I, I still want the butthole cut, though. <laughs> Hashtag release the butthole cut. Yes, I, I am. <laughs> yeah, I want that. But yeah, uh, Space Jam 2 also has some questionable choices in what they choose to show and not show. Because they're... Okay. We there was controversy enough with Pepe Le Pew being removed from the film, even though there is a supposed deleted scene that does feature him and explains by no what you're doing is actually not okay. Apparently it's out there somewhere. I don't know if it will see the light of the day on the home release, but it's out there. So when you couple that with the main trailer they released where it showed uh, nuns from Ken Russell's The Devils and A Clockwork Orange and whatever happened to Betty Jane and, you know, stuff that is exclusively not for kids. Very exclusively. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard... Um... Along with, like, you know, the Game of Thrones throw yeah and, yeah now i'm not saying they can't do that they're obvious yeah. looney tunes has done stuff that were for adult audiences they have those references in there and nowadays they pretty much play exclusively to audiences who are scholars of film from when they were released but it's bad it it's just straight up bad y'all also it's the third film involving sarah silverman doing like this multiverse ip bullshit <laughs> let's see uh wreck it ralph and wreck it ralph 2 oh, and then I this see. okay gotcha 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 <laughs> my final opinion on space jam 2 is if i wanted to see auto fellatio i can just go to Pornhub. oh my that's really all that needs to be said about it this made more sense in Le- in the Lego movies. Yeah, it, and that that in itself <laughs> is a whole separate cast. And we will get there. We, we're we're gonna get there. Well, we're we're gonna get there. Very yeah. Soon too. <laughs> okay. But, mm-hmm. Uh, rent. I saw rent. Ah, yes. Let's just let's just all flip it off and move on, because that's all I kind of feel like doing. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Pit and the Pendulum, the David Dakota version. 
Oh, my. Okay. Yes, yes David Dakota did a quote-unquote adaptation of the Edgar Allan Poe story, which is obviously nowhere close to that story or even the Roger Corman film in which they, you know, they had to expand on the material. Dude's got a uh, big wheelhouse. I'm not saying it's a good wheelhouse. However, however, uh, this one had a surprise guest at the very end of the movie. Yes. Greg Sestero showed up. <laughs> mm. Oh, nice. Give me some... Hi, Greg. Yeah. Some, yeah. Some help he, to someone who got him going. Yeah, he shows up at the very end as this uh, ex-boyfriend of one of the murdered uh, people who stay in this house, this gay Victorian house. And yeah, and I'm like, it's Greg. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, it's uh, hi, it's, Greg. It's <laughs> at least more expected to see him there than in the haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah. That's really shocking. I mean, he's not out of place in it, but it's just like, you're there. Hi. This this is an A-list project. You. You're Greg Sestero. Oh, my. I'm I'm glad he's doing more things. It's fun to see him in places. I'm glad he has a career after The Room. (laughs) And if he gets good material, he's actually a fine actor. Yeah. I've seen Retro Puppet Master. He's he's actually pretty good. In the Heights. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah, this is in my worst category. Yeah, I, I, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it could have been a lot shorter. Yes, I, I will, I will agree with you there. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will say that I'm not at all familiar with the material, just only Hamilton, and even then, I thought the film performance was just fine, not great, just fine uh in the heights however the pool scene was very nice i'll give you mm-hmm. that Ninety-six thousand. yeah ninety-six thousand. that was yes i love that song yeah that was the best part of the movie but it's kind of difficult to sit through when all the songs kind of sound like rough drafts of one shot they also mixed them around a bit okay like from the original yeah, you you'll be able to point that out, but yeah, they mixed around a few a few things, including plot points. Like I know this is gonna go head to head against Spielberg's version of West Side Story when it comes time for award season. I'm already throwing that out there. We're we're gonna see competition there, but all all this film really did was just kind of turn me off of Lin Manuel. Like it just kind of sounded very one trick like he's talented don't get me wrong but it just seemed very yeah it it wasn't for me per se i i liked it in the sense that um like i've i've endlessly listened to the soundtrack of the original musical and uh and uh i did eventually get desperate enough to uh look on there are a couple versions of the actual play on youtube like just like little community theater versions and you know they also make some changes to the story like just minor ones uh not like this one did but i think it could have been better if it was a little shorter as it was like for the sid it was decent decent adaptation of the story 
there is a plot point cut like the um some spoilers for the movie Abola Claudia dies way after she does in the uh in the film like she she uh, there's a whole song that was cut where uh she and Usnavi basically plan what they're going to do with the 96,000 including giving a third of it to Sunny uh I did I don't know if it's in the original, but I do like that they included like a DACA subplot for uh, his cousin. Anyway, it's getting into the nitty gritty, but yeah, I liked it. I, it was it was interesting. I do find it surprising that the reveal was the usual suspects the entire time. The oh yeah, I wondered about that. E- even the trailer stage, uh, so I'm like, well, he doesn't actually go to the islands like in the in the play so did they change it for this that drastically and turns out yeah no no yeah yeah that was a reveal i have expected it to be like a uh bojack horseman that episode where um princess carolyn's great 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 granddaughter is telling a story about her it turns out she doesn't exist i half expected it to be that reveal it's like are these kids real what's happening the kids were Kaiser Soze all along. <laughs> so, yeah, that is another very good point. <laughs> Interesting change. Uh, I'm not sure what it what it accomplished, but okay. Uh, going from uh, that reference to a thriller to a uh, conspiracy theory. That, that you've mentioned, this movie is the most it has ever come up on a podcast. I want you to know that now. Like... The more I think about conspiracy theory, the more I wished I was watching the Parallax View, because the Parallax View is fucking great. Cool. Like, just sitting there and having having that paranoia seep in, as opposed to whatever the fuck Mel Gibson is trying to do here. And Patrick Stewart, he, he phoned it in. He did. He did. This was, it's interesting, this was after uh, First Contact. And the difference is night and day in those performances. His first contact, he is just a talk. And yeah, he's asleep. Yeah, it, yeah. Don't don't watch conspiracy theory. Watch Parallax View instead. The Raven, twenty twelve. Anyone remember that? As the John Cusack is Edgar Allan Poe. I just no, that's all I did. Not see. at all. Didn't see it. Didn't care. Yeah, it it's as bad as people say. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, like you're you're better off listening to the Alan Parsons project rather than watching the movie. That that's really all I have to say on that. Freddie got fingered. Ah, uh, yeah. That's sad. I get why people like it. I don't like it. It's definitely of its time. Even then it's It wasn't even of its time. It's it, it is of its own thing. Yeah. yeah. I also feel like it was of a moment, and that moment was Tom Green. <laughs> it was also a film where I wished I was watching Son of the Mask instead. Oh, ow. Ow, ow, ow. Because you have protagonists who are trying to break into the animation industry, and they both suck at it. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, if you're reminding me of something else... Is there ever... Just real quick, has there ever been a movie where someone was an aspiring animator or cartoonist and it wasn't god-awful? Yeah, let's see. Cool World, uh, this one. Monkey Bone. 
Rocky Bone, uh, Son of the Mask. I just feel like it's a cursed topic. Uh, the only thing I can think of, and this is not animator, it's comic artist, is Spaced. The only exception I can think of. Yeah, yeah. But, nah, that's it. Yeah. Well, there's been a lot of good stuff about comic artists. Mm. Moving on. The Paris Hilton vehicle, the hottie and the naughty. Zephyr, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> you 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 don't even know what else I have on this list. I okay? know, but I'm just I'm I'm like I'm feeling sympathetic. Like I'm I'm just wanting to like I'm gonna really need to know that you've watched some good stuff. That's what it's coming down to. Don't don't worry, I, I did watch some good stuff. Yeah. Uh it it's bad. It's shallow and bad. I know it's trying to be like its own Pygmalion kind of thing, but I just find Pygmalion and like that kind of plotline to just suck in like I just find it bad in general. Because I recently watched uh the 30s version of Pygmalion while uh, Nathan was watching or rewatching My Fair Lady and um everyone just kind of skirts past the abuse part of the dynamic between Eliza and Henry Higgins? It's totally there, though. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of the only thing you could think about, really. And it's it's more explicit in the in the 30s version because, like, he threatens to starve Eliza, practically, if, if she doesn't do her exercises. And I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, is this, like, the blueprint for applied behavioral analysis? You know, ABA therapy? Yeah. Because that's what it read to me. And I'm like, if it were any other person in Eliza's position, you still had Higgins and the other white guy who made the bet with them doing this shit to this object, as as they call it. You, people would call that out immediately. But it's fine, because it's Audrey Hepburn, and she pretty. It gross. Yeah. Yeah, the whole Pygmalion thing is not as great as you think or remember. Speaking of abuse, uh, Last Tango in Paris. Yeah. Haven't seen that one. Yeah. Um, it's... It's a sex crime on film. Yeah, you... Literally. Yeah, with Marlon Brando doing the crime. Also, it's just not a good film, period. Like, the dialogue itself is atrocious. Like, there's an entire sequence where Marlon Brando finds a rat and proceeds to describe how he's going to consume the rat and then chop up its asshole and give it to the lady. And, like, this this shit would have been fine if it was a John Waters movie, but it's not. It's not. Also, there's no chemistry between any of these people. Yeah, I, I would do a solid pass on Last Tango in Paris. Equally dubious in nature, uh, The Blue Lagoon. Yeah, um, another sex crime on film. Oh my. Yeah, it's as gross as you've heard it to be. Why they made a sequel in a remake. Well, the Blue Lagoon movie that people think of, the Brooke Shields one, is itself a remake. But... We only know of the Brooke Shields one because of its content. Well, I mean, they talked about this on 80s all over when they talked about the movie that basically 
we had a really horrifying, as a nation, obsession with Brooke Shields uh, when she was underage. And it, uh, this movie was kind of like the grand climax of it. And it's disgusting and vile. And I don't recommend anybody ever look up any information on it. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, ticked off trannies with knives. And I mentioned it on the last cast that we did, but I'm bringing it up again. I will continue not to watch that. Basically implying that people who do drag are trans people. And then trying its hardest to be Grindhouse following the style of the Grindhouse double feature with the missing reels and... Look, that worked because it was Rodriguez and Tarantino, damn it. Those guys knew what the hell they were doing. If you don't, don't. 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 I see, what, I see what you did there. I did. I did that very intentionally. Also put a pin in Rodriguez because I will be coming back to him. I have also watched all of the cartoons that are on the Censored 11 list. Mm. Which we briefly talked about in the adult animation cast. Yeah, some of them are indeed racist. I tell you what. More so than others. I believe it. Uh, the entire ordeal took about roughly two hours a little over two hours and after that i'm just like okay um that's enough racism for a day <laughs> a week a lifetime yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's also something where you watch it to see okay how badly did we fuck up good mm -hmm. and that's a good reason yes now keep in mind most like, all of the Censored Eleven are under Warner Brothers. There are some out, there are some cartoons out there, primarily uh, Scrub Me Mama with a Boogie Beat, mm. which are just as racist, if not more so, but are not on, on the list that are outside of Warner Brothers' jurisdiction. Like, that cartoon, dear lord, it had every stereotype in the book. Uh yeah, just just the title alone uh, raises some bells. Yeah. I've got one more here in my worst list, but it's a worst that I recommend seeking out. Mm -hmm. uh, Fashion Victim from 2008. It's a retelling of the assassination of Gianni Versace, which American Crime Story, just watch that one instead, but... I also recommend this one because of how incompetent it is in its filmmaking. That sounds fascinating. Like, we're talking corpses that are breathing. <laughs> Levels of bad, okay? Mm. All of the classic highlights of a bad, low, like, poorly made film. Just, like, it was one of those where I'm just like, oh my god, this is actually real. Some, someone actually made this. And I'm just looking at it like, this is fascinating. I also love it. I'll look into this. But yeah, it's a bad retelling of how Versace got killed, but it's also just one to find. Now let's get to the good shit, shall we? Mm. Ready. I finally started watching uh, Soderbergh films. Yay! And my first one was... Is 96 outing Schizopolis. Cool. Yeah. Just absolutely off the wall. Very much up my alley. Mm -hmm. 
I also ended up watching his uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, Spalding Gray. Yeah, yeah, that whole monologue with the uh, eye deficiencies. That one is also good. Um, so far, those are my only two to date, but... You'll really vibe with Soderbergh. You'll really, really vibe with Soderbergh. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the Quiet Earth. It's the uh, 80s New Zealand... Jeff Murphy. Yeah, it's the 80s version of The Last Man on Earth story. And it's pretty damn good. It's a lot better than... Uh, Omega Man or I Am Legend, uh, that one I, I definitely recommend because it leaves things unanswered in in its story in its world building. Uh, yeah, that one I I definitely recommend. Uh, Dark Star, John Carpenter's debut. Yes, yes, love love me some Carpenter. It it was just a fun fun watch like lazy 70s science fiction got a little bit of like that not 70s vibe because it was 70s but just like looking at the tech that they had back then and trying to make it into something that was of decades and centuries into the future and like that's the kind of shit that i vibe with uh yet also a precursor to alien in a few ways strong recommend uh let's see Defending Your Life, the Albert yes. Brooks film. The yes. film adaptation of The Good Place before The Good Place ever was a thing with uh, Meryl Streep and Rip Torn. Interesting. Yes, definite recommend. It it was just really good to laugh mm -hmm. with Brooks it. Brooks is so good for that. Yeah. Because I also watched uh, Lost in America. Not not too long after, and that was a good riff on the on what Easy Rider promoted and idolized, and how you just can't do that. Derek Jarman's Jubilee, the the punk film that actually uh, criticizes itself and the nihilism that comes with it, which the setup is odd in that. Queen Victoria, I believe, is treated to a magician who transports her through time to present-day England and having her observe the punk movement out and about. And it features uh, Little Nell from Rocky Horror. It's one of those films that, that I would love to have on, on my shelf at some point. Uh, currently streaming on HBO. Ended up watching Junior, the Arnold Schwarzenegger Mpreg movie. Yes, it's in the good category, but because of the dynamic that DeVito and Schwarzenegger have... They are just such great comic actors, they can't not be fun to watch. Yes. And with a premise as then-ridiculous as it was... You couldn't help but smile. Now, obviously, times have changed. I mean, it's a better male pregnancy story than whatever the fuck the Cosby Show did. Oh my, do I even want to know? There there was an Mpreg episode of the Cosby Show. And I saw it as a kid. 
Hmm. <laughs> on on Nick at Night. Hmm. People kind of forget that exists. Yeah, for good reason. And it's as terrifying to think about as it is to watch. Honestly, I think Junior's one of those movies. It was never that bad, but because the Nostalgia Critic episode took such tick hold, I think it's skewed for some people. I don't know. It's not great, but it's not that bad. Yeah, it, it's not that bad. It, it's it's watchable. Yeah, it's very watchable. And Emma Thompson's really good at it too. And you get the sense that uh, Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito are really good friends, or at least they were in that time, because they also did Twins, didn't they? Yeah. You get the sense that they liked working with each other. Yeah, that was a good one to watch. The Marlin Riggs set that Criterion put out, I ended up binging the his entire work in two days. Um, it's It's pretty much essential viewing for... Not just anyone who's gay, but also anyone who's white trying to understand a little bit more of the black experience, especially when it comes to uh, representation on, on film. Because he did uh, two, two films, Ethnic Notions, which is a dive into each stereotype, and it you do see a lot of vile racist and offensive material but it has to be done and then the sequel color adjustment where it examines uh black people in television and the evolution of their roles and ask and asking is this a positive image now it did elicit one chuckle from me not not in, in the sense of content, but ha of time and juxtaposition, because it's, he's asking, is this a positive image? And it's Cliff Huxtable. <laughs> yeah, very strong recommend, especially those two before watching uh, Spike Lee's Bamboozled, because those two are excellent primers leading into that film. Uh, Waiting for Guffman, finally watched it. Let's just let's just put an asterisk on this one that I am desperate to do, to do this as a cast because this is one of my favorite movies and I passionately love it and I we're gonna have to do an episode on it. Albert, have you seen it? I have not. Okay, um, then you are in for absolute joy that you cannot imagine. Like I get the basic concept of it. It's a modern adaptation of Waiting for Waiting for Godot. Oh no, it actually has very little to do with that. It is. You just have to experience it. You have to experience yeah. it. It yeah, is a very loose adaptation, but yeah, I've heard good. It's wonderful. All right. I've got two more, well, three more on my list, but uh, the the apple, the... Yes! Yes, the batshit musical. Bim. <laughs> oh my. Yes, where the uh, evil music corporation wants to take over society... Which is actually a rather common subgenre now that you think of it, because like you have that and uh, Phantom of the Paradise and uh, yes. Interstellar five 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 five. Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you bring that one up. That's a great triple feature there. Mm -hmm. That's a yeah awesome triple feature. It it's a trip. I highly recommend watching it with friends. The apple is 
it's unreal. It's I it's it's art. It's what it is. It is art. It it's something that you just have to see to be to believe. Butt boy. A man realizes that his butt is kind of like an infinite void of sorts. And so he starts progressively shoving larger objects into it and eventually swallowing, well, kidnapping children and co-workers. All right. And it it's up to a detective to, to solve the mystery. And yeah, it, it's a weird-ass premise. And yes, John Waters did put it on his best of list when it premiered. Of course. But he was smart to do that. It, it's a ridiculous premise, but they play it straight. Cool. See, that's when you do it right. That's my gosh. Right. Yes, and it does uh does delve into Cronenberg a little bit, which is always great. Um, and then my last pick is actually a rewatch of No Retreat, No Surrender. Yes. I Love showed it. it to some of my friends not too long ago. Um, after having seen this. During the uh, last live tour for Mystery Science Theater 3000 with Joel in his final, I guess, performance. It's stupid fun. It, like, how do you take something like, oh, oh my god, it, it's just so ridiculously cheesy, but it hits that sweet spot. Cool. Yeah, that's uh, everything that I wanted to cover. Albert, serve to you. Okay. Get some recent ones out of the way. I watched uh, Netflix's Thunder Force. That was interesting. <laughs> it was worth a watch. It was worth a watch. Okay, for for a brief moment, I, I got that confused with Q-Force, and I got concerned. <laughs> What's Q-Force? Um, gays? Uh-huh. As, like secret agents oh that's the animated one that came out a while back no no oh okay the one you're thinking of is super drags where yeah, it was the one. Mm-hmm. but that was an acquisition that netflix had q force yeah. is in-house it's their own work for gotcha. better or worse but it's yeah, pretty I, much the same premise. Yeah, I I watched neither of those. Uh, this one is the um, uh, Olivia Spencer slash Melissa um, McCarthy. It's her. Yes, it's her team basically. Yes, and uh, it wasn't bad. <laughs> it was it was a fun watch. Watched Ray and the Last Dragon. Wait, it waited out the uh, the premiere access bit and um yeah it was okay i'm glad i didn't pay 30 bucks for it but you know i i always like seeing aquafina and stuff so uh, she's really funny i watched uh uh mitchell's versus the machines i still need to watch that yeah that's one mm. that I it's so fun it's so so fun the animation style is really good it's has i feel like a very realistic portrayal of somebody basically getting their work viral and leading into like you know they're gonna go far (laughs) 
when it was uh, when the trailer originally came out, it originally came out as Connected, and then they decided to change the title. That went, they went back to the title they wanted. Is what happened when it got sold to Netflix? Yeah, which is which is probably like for the best. But yeah, it's just it's just a lot of fun. And it has good heart, and uh, I highly recommend. And goddamn the Furbies, <laughs> the Furbies is the best part of the film. <laughs> Recently saw Nobody with Bob Odenkirk, and uh, apparently I wa- I watched it with my dad, and apparently he trained really hard for that film. Yeah, he trained for well over a year. Yeah, it shows. I'm just going to. I'm just going to call it, uh, it's John Wick, but no dogs die. Hooray! <laughs> I think that's the best-selling point, and of course it has one of the writers of it, so that's no surprise. But yeah, if you ever wanted to see John Wick, but didn't want to ha- experience a story where a dog dies, boom, here you go. Uh, I saw Vivarium a while back. Ooh, that's on... a really good one. Mm, it was genuinely upsetting it really is that one i watched it with amanda and it got under my skin it did which is weird why weirdly enough i highly recommend it yeah no it's really good uh it's oof, oof, yeah you just Basic, have to experience it yeah like i don't Bas- even, don't even give the plot because it's, don't even give the plot oh man yeah. that's oh. the best way to put it is you have to walk into it blind yeah, this is true. I walked into it having watched the trailer, and it's, you know, the premise is a very fascinating one, because it's like, well, what if, you know? What would you do? <laughs> How would you try to get out? Yeah, no, Vivarium, it's got Jesse Eisenberg. So, yeah, there you go. Just just watch it. It's a, uh, it's a horror. It's on Hulu. Watched Little Evil, finally with adam scott that one's really funny highly recommend it's on netflix Adam scott marries into a relationship where the lady has a kid but the kid is the antichrist so there you go oh yeah 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 i know there's another one but like that but (laughs) it's it's funny it's uh let's see what else i watched willie's wonderland on Hulu. How was that? It was worth a watch. Uh, it's Nicolas Cage playing a silent character. And um, yeah, he, he has no lines. And he takes... It takes a bit to figure out like the character motivation. And you're not entirely sure by the end because he doesn't talk. Why would I just don't want to watch Nicolas Cage be silent. I'm sorry, that just seems like a waste. Apparently that's what drew him to the part. I get it, but I just yeah, no, yeah, but it's yeah. Basically, he is hired to clean this place because the premise is the owner wants to fix it up and reopen it, and of course there's some animatronics in it, and um, they try to kill him. Basically, he kills an animatronic that tries to kill him, and they just continues. So it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's not the best. <laughs> it's worth a watch just for just for whatever. If you need to kill an hour and a half, some no pun intended. But and if you and if you really, really wanted the uh Five Nights at Freddy's movie to be made, although uh, that has a richer lore than this, but anyway, I recommend a one time watch. 
I want to talk about two really, really good ones. Um, Tab recently showed me The Babysitter. Yes, Brian Duffield. Part of the reason we watched it is because uh, they recently, recently, as in last year, released the sequel. It was a directed Netflix, both of them were. And uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, and I greatly enjoyed both of them. It's kind of a duology with kind of a, uh, you know, horror movie type bait for a third but really it can the second completes the story and uh it's a lot of fun it's a lot of fun it's a comedy horror i kind of have a two movie comparison we watched the hunt how was that <sighs> wasn't good yeah it's it tries to do a thing like it tries to say something about modern politics but for the life of me, I still can't figure out what. Like, I can't figure out what it was trying to get at. But yeah, it's it's about uh, elite elite rich liberal people who basically in, hunt down most dangerous game style a bunch of conservative rednecks, and one of them they pick the they get the wrong person and uh, like the really wrong person. But anyway about it and by comparison don't watch that one I, it's, it's an anti-recommend instead watch get duked uh that one is a scottish film it's a straight comedy about older elites who wear masks and basically annually put kids through this like scholarship program where they basically have to do like a, a boy scout thing like through the woods and it's like a three three day survival weekend, and uh, in reality they're 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 hunting them, and that's how I'm going to leave that. It's a lot of fun and it's crazy, and uh, it's 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 really really funny. It was a great discovery. Get duked. Um, I have a couple of TV shows. One of them, the Snoop, will be covering. It's the Magicians. That's really good. I've seen some of that. Sci-Fi Network. Oh, yeah. Very good. I got into it a lot uh, more than I thought I would. Uh, once once you get that momentum going on that, it's just, it's nonstop. It's great. As far as, like, the Netflix, like, I don't know if you call it a reality genre, but they're, they're like, uh, The Floor is Lava. Yeah. Game show. Yeah. Game show. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, Sexy Beasts, which just came out. So basically, it's a very, very, very low stakes dating show where uh, they dress these people up as like in this very elaborate animal makeup. And they basically go on these essentially blind dates, even though you know they're in person, they do stuff. And they have to see if they can be attracted to somebody without like having seen them. And is very low stakes by the end of it. Basically they decide if they want to keep dating one of the people like it alternates. It's like one guy uh, who has to pick between three girls. And the next one, it's one girl who has to pick between three guys. You know, the first, yeah. first dates like a bar thing. They just kind of talk to him and see if there's a connection, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's kind of fun. Just kind of a, kind of a lazy marathon watch in an afternoon. And uh, the last one on that, list and oh you know what i'm not going to talk about the last tv show on the list i'm just going to end very strong i'm going to end with 11 monsters 
Yeah. Uh, that's also Brian Duffield. Hey, how about that? <laughs> uh, you're about the movie, right? The movie, Love and yeah, Monsters. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. The reason I keep bringing him up is because he's known as like a screenwriter screenwriter. Shit. And he's finally having a huge breakthrough. That is a name to watch then. Wow, because yeah, that one's that one's also really good and uh, very cool guy. And I actually got an Oscar nomination for that. So. Ah, it should have. But yeah, that's one that my dad saw and uh, it's like, hey, <laughs> like the way he introduced it to me. Because if um, anybody who knows me knows that I do not, I'm not a fan of insects. I don't like looking at them. I don't like being near them. They freak me the hell out. But uh, so my dad saw it, really loved it and said, hey, you really need to see Love and Monsters. Uh, but there's there's one thing. Um, it is insects, but it's really, really, really good. <laughs> and it was it was I could handle it. Yeah. No. I hardly recommend post-apocalyptic goes places that you wouldn't expect is great. That's my list. Yes, the ball goes to me. Um, I'm going to talk really quick about the fact that I had pneumonia. Yes. I may. Um, I had pneumonia. I had to go to the emergency room in the middle of the night, um, which may have been the only way that I was able to get treated, by the way, because of how much COVID was a problem. Yeah. Uh, I had, uh, I still have recurrent lung pain. Uh, my lung is healing, but I'm better. So, um, that's, that's just kind of been my situation. Um, I was going to say, I'm glad you got treated when you did, because I'm sure it would have been horrible if... It would have gotten worse. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I'm just going to really shoot through my movies, um, because I didn't watch a lot this month, um, mostly because I was watching for a commission Gravity Falls. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, with about a month removed from watching it, yeah, it's 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 that great. It really is that great. I think it's it's everything you can say about it. It's 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 that great. Timeless. And I was I was really really happy when a couple of years ago, uh, they released the entire series on Blu-ray. And it's it's a quick watch. You can watch it very fast. Um, yeah, 40, 40 episodes, two seasons. It's it's fantastic. I highest recommend for that one. It's complete. Alex Hirsch, yeah, absolutely meant it to be a short series. And it's so. it's better that it's short because it's Yeah. There is some fat in it, because at forty episodes there's gonna be, but it's just it's tight. Um It's great. <laughs> it's it's very good. Um uh Power Rangers twenty seventeen. Yes. I just have to really quickly say, holy shit, that was amazing. Um it it's interesting in that Obviously, the thing that everyone knows is that there's not much Power Ranger action, but the character work is so goddamn. Mm, I I saw it in theater and it tickled every bit of my like eight year old fancy inside me, especially the getting in the Zord and everybody realized like how do we work this yeah. thing with five people? I it loved has it. One of the best depictions of autism I've seen too. Yeah, absolutely. We're twitchy. We're nervous. We say the wrong thing. So that's one that I've, I've liked. Um, so a lot of what I've been watching has been commissions, frankly. Because I'm a big DC direct video fan, I did get caught up with their two most recent movies. Justice Society, World War II, I highly recommend. Uh, if you want to see something very different, something very weird, something a little bit more pulpy, a little bit more classic, I really, really love that movie. 
Um, I really enjoyed Batman The Long Halloween Parts 1 and 2. It's at three hours long. It's kind of, you know, you may want to break it into two parts. It's the most substantial thing they've done so far, but I thought that was really good. I've been reading mostly because, you know, I've been sick and because Amanda was sick earlier this summer. Um, I've been reading. Um, uh, one thing I want to shout out is Drew McWeeny, who did 80s All Over, has a, he's revived it in newsletter form. I'm, I'm loving that. He's really, he's really doing a good job with it. It's, it's fantastic. It's $5 a month and I'm getting everything I wanted out of it. Watched a few riff tracks. Some good stuff there. I think they're just really on it. So I'm, just, I'm really trying to go through my list because as I said, it is shorter than I like. Yeah, that really may be it. Oh, I want to talk a couple more. I want to shout out a couple of books too. Just if I may, take advantage of the format. I read the book that I was the most excited to read this year because I'm a huge fan of the Dark Avengers comic series. There was a prose novel that they did for that by a writer by the name of David Geimer. Patriot List, that's coming out in October. I read that this weekend. It is fantastic. Thorough, thorough recommend on that one. As long as people understand that they kind of need to read that comic series, and then I recommend that comic series. Let's see, I rewatched the Looney Tunes show a little bit this week, this month, just because, uh, you know, with all that in the air. Because why not? <laughs> uh, I really do want to shout out um, the book that I'm reading right now is Bleeding Skull, a 1990s uh, trash odyssey, I think is the name of it. And it's a review of uh, shot on video movies of the 1990s. High recommend on this one. You get a complete glimpse into the movie industry you didn't know existed, and it's amazing. And yeah, like I said, uh, with Amanda, I've watched a few things, and I mentioned Robert Rodriguez. This, this is the last thing that I was going to come to. I finally saw The Faculty after all these years. I don't know why I missed it in 1998. I I have no idea. I was the right age for it. I was the right audience. Man, if y'all haven't caught up with this one, I'm kind of shocked to say it. This is a really, really, really good one. Um, this is Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but done in a high school. And it's really kind of brilliant. Some of the best makeup effects that I've seen on this kind of film. Um, I was going to say, does it have uh, John Stewart as one of the principal cast? John Stewart is in it. This was his last thing before... Um, Daily Show. For the Daily Show, um, Robert Rodriguez directed it, and you can tell that Rodriguez, this was just kind of him, even though this was a studio assigned job, he didn't really want to make it, he still gives his all to it. It's an insanely good cast. Um, not everything about it is aged well, it's a little homophobic in places. Mm. Uh, that's that's kind of, oh, 1998. Yeah. But I was really shocked by how much I absolutely trolled with this movie funny as hell there is a at one point in the movie a character gets beheaded and is still at and is still alive at the end credits it's that kind of movie wow mm -hmm. wow as to how they survive that yeah you have to see it to believe it um it is a very ludicrous very ridiculous one. and that's the thing it knows it's, it knows what it is it's also elijah wood just yeah. before he shot uh, Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, yeah. And the thing about it is, this is the kind of movie that Wood has gone on after uh, Lord of the Rings. This is the kind of movie he's been making ever since then. And I'm pretty sure, I'm sure if he gets asked about this in interviews, he must be 
because he's great in it. I mean, he's always great, but uh, just this movie, yeah, this was one I was really glad I caught up with. And it's kind of weird that I watched my first Marvel Cinematic Universe movie in the pandemic in theaters, and I watched this one on video on the fly with Amanda, and this is the one that I really came away from passionate about. But here we are. And so, yeah, this is one I really do recommend people. If you grew up on it, you're probably going to be really happy to discover that it holds up. Uh, if you didn't grow up on it, you really might be surprised how much you like it. So, yeah. Yeah, that's 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 the one that I really want to tell people, yeah, that's the one to double back on. More than Batman The Long Halloween, of all things. Because I really was looking forward to that one. And it is still very good, but no, this is the one I loved. I, uh... I realize I left off some TV shows from from my list, but um, I'll be brief. Uh, Auntie Donna's Big Ol' House of Fun, uh, Australian comedy, a little bit on the chaotic side. Six episodes, highly recommend. Uh, especially if you're uh more into the surreal Adult Swim infomercials. HBO Max's Jellystone, their revision of Hanna-Barbera first batch came out. Not entirely impressed after three and a half hours of the first ten episodes available. Not exactly sure what the main audience is. Yeah, uh, I was going to tell you, Tab and I tried to watch the first episode uh last night and halfway through we turned it off <laughs> like that that episode alone had a surprising amount of lore in it and i'm just like yeah they <laughs> they had to know what they were doing they mm -hmm. but yeah yeah that had some interesting ideas and they did manage to sneak in a helicopter joke in the year of our lord 2021 which Come on. Really? Fucking really? Helicopter? And then uh, I I have decided to go ahead and uh, watch Columbo. And <sighs> absolutely. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, it's yes. It's just comfort food. Peter Falk, you just can't go wrong with him. Yeah, because right now I just started a blueprint for murder and it has John Fiedler in it. And I'm like, okay. Piglet and Columbo. Let's see how that happens. Because, like, I also saw him, or not Fiedler, but Peter Falk in uh, John Cassavetti's Husbands, which is a much better version of the Darjeeling Limited, in my opinion. It, if only because you get to see Columbo in a speed walking competition. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, that's that's all I have this round and that's what a, what a lovely note to go out on Columbo. I do have one, one more TV recommendation that I can't um, very briefly that I can't believe I missed. Wellington paranormal has the first. Yes. I've heard very good about that. Yeah. First four episodes out on uh, HBO max on the CW. Well, next time let's finally get to uh, yellow submarine next yes. time. Next time. Maybe I won't be in the hospital. So, Yes, that will be good for both your um, both your mental and physical health. I'm, looking, I'm really looking forward to this one. <laughs> yes. 
So yes, next is Yellow Submarine, the classic. We'll get to a good version of Beatles music. And uh, so yeah, uh, with that, you can find us at theomniplex.org. Email us uh, suggestions, comments, you know, love mail, hate mail, anything at theomniplexpodcast at gmail.com. Please follow us on facebook.com slash theomniplex. And of course, you know, Twitter at the Omniplex. Rate us, like, subscribe, <laughs> smash that like button, etc. On, you know, your 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 podcatcher, like Apple Podcasts, it really helps us out. Tell a friend about us. You know, spread spread the good word of the Omniplex. Should uh, also take the time to uh, mention that our crossover episode with... Yes, thank you. Which oh, God. We, which we greatly enjoyed doing. Yes. Yes, we did a crossover episode with uh, our friends at Storytelling Breakdown. Uh, they just released it, and you can find the link to it uh, below. Yep. Yes, you can. Oh, and just 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 for the heck of it, because while we're plugging this stuff, um, I did want to point out um, the Sandman Act Two was announced during this time period. Ah, yes. And so double back and listen to our first episode where you can hear all about the making of the first one. Yes, and and maybe if we ask nicely, uh, we can have Dirk back. I was, I, I'm still amazed at what a lovely person he was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, very nice dude. And very generous of him to give us his time. I mean, this time. was the guy that wrote and directed the Sandman audio adaptation. I, that he gave us his time still blows my mind. Oh, and it's it's killer. I I have plans to uh, revisit that very soon. Like there, one thing I want to say about this cast is it still blows my mind sometimes that I'll be like, yeah, there's an episode where we talked to the writer of Craven's Last Hunt. That's just <laughs> something we did. So, on that note, talk to y'all later. Bye, everybody. Bye. And get vaccinated. Get damn it. vaccinated. Get vaxed. Well, hey, it's me. I'm finally going to get my vaccine. I'm so excited. I've been waiting a while. I'm old enough to get it, and I'm smart enough to get it. So I'm very happy that I'm going to get my Moderna shot today. And I wanted to tell everybody, I think you should get out there and do it too. I even changed one of my songs to fit the occasion. It goes, vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. Because once you're dead, then that's a bit too late. <laughs> I know I'm trying to be funny now, but I'm dead serious about the vaccine. I think we all want to get back to normal, whatever that is. And that would be a great shot in the arm, wouldn't it? If we could get back to that. But anyhow, I just wanted to encourage everybody, because the sooner we get to feeling better, the sooner we are going to get back to being normal. So I just want to say to all of you cowards out there, don't be such a chicken squat. Get out there and get shot. You think you got it? I got it. Okay. That didn't hurt. Just stung a little bit, but that was from the alcohol pad, I think. Yeah. Right? Hey, I did it. I did it.